quite enough of that. That's quite enough of that. We love the Queen of Sheba, but we've got so much music to pack in tonight. I've just done my uh, playlist and loaded it all up and then uh, realised that I had something like two hours and 20 minutes of music in there. <laughs> so I've had to rip some of it out. I'm so sorry, but there we go. So who am I? This is Denise. And for the next two hours on Sid Valley Radio, you're going to enjoy my lovely show, Happy Classics. Um, don't always say that about myself, but it's lovely because I normally leave Gavin to say the lovely and wonderful Denise, which of course I have to pay him for because every time he says it, he gets a fiver, which is why he says it so often. Um, so what have we got for you tonight? Well, it's, it's, you've caught me, haven't you, between uh, Halloween and Bonfire Night. So I've, there's a couple of uh, bits and pieces as a nod to that. Um, but as always, Fast and Furious start to the show. Let's go to the ballet.
Well, the Mazurka from Capelia by Dalib. Who else? And that was the Orchestra Victoria and Barry Wordsworth conducting. So who was this Victoria? I'm dying to know. Was it Victoria the city or is it somebody that he liked? We don't know. <laughs> but it's a great piece of music. And I love the Mazurka. I, well, I love all the music that I play on my show because, you know, as I always say, I'm the most selfish presenter you'll ever have. I only ever play stuff I like. <laughs> So let's go to our spooky do music now. And this is, um, this is a piece of music from Bach. And I often say it's like nothing he's ever played because he ever conduct, uh, I'll say it again in a minute. He's not like nothing he's ever composed. Get, get it right, Denise. And of course he did write a lot of toccata and fugue for, uh, organ. And so this is, um, this is William McVicker. We're not going to get the whole toccata. We might get the bit at the beginning of the toccata, but not the fugue because that goes on for ages. And because I've got a special piece of music, um, also being played by William McVicker for one of my, um, regular listeners who requested it ages ago. Um, and I said, I can't play that in the middle of the summer. You have to wait until New Year's Eve or not New Year's Eve, uh, Halloween or something because it sounds quite spooky. But you have to wait to find out what that is till about halfway through the show. So if you're dying to know, I can't, I'm not going to tell you, you'll just have to wait. Anyway, here we go with a bit of J.S. Bach, the first of our Holy Trinity, bit of William McVicker, Bach's Toccata. just a bit of spookiness we can't have too much of it because you've got to wait you've got to wait till later now um having said that i've got a bit of uh, super duper spooky but not super duper 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 spooky i'll get to i'll get myself sorted out in a minute the masquerade suite from catch assuring so masks yes masquerade so i don't know if you had any trick-or-treaters on um was it tuesday night i always call them trick-or-treaters because I don't know, because I can't be bothered saying trick or treating, because that's the three words, isn't it? Um, do you remember when we were kids, for the old people that are listening, we never did all that trick or treating, did we? We just we never did all that. But I remember bobbing for apples and nearly drowning myself <laughs> on uh, Halloween, but uh, that's as close as I ever got. Anyway, Karen Kachaturian is going to be conducting the Moscow RTV Large Orchestra for the Waltz from Kachaturian's Masquerade Suite.
Oh, the, the Masquerade Suite, The Waltz uh, by Cacciatore. And that's quite dramatic, that, isn't it? And didn't they use that in that one of those early films? I'm pretty sure they used it in... Um, wasn't Tom Cruise and David Bowie in that really strange film? I can't remember what it was called now, but it was really quite weird, and I'm pretty sure they played that piece of music. But it's the kind of music that gets everywhere, isn't it? I love it. Anyway, talking of films, this was written specifically for a film, and um, <laughs> when my boys were at home, they had this whopping great big poster on their uh, their room. They had their own little room for crashing out in downstairs because I wouldn't allow them their computers upstairs, cruel, heartless mother that I was. I provided them with their own room where their computer was and they had a TV and the usual nonsense that uh, teenage boys have. Anyway, we all liked Back to the Future. It's a brilliant film. I love it. I could watch it now. I could watch it every day. I shouldn't be boring, but I could. And it reminds me a bit of, um, well, my favourite Christmas film is It's a Wonderful Life. And my boys go, oh, for God's sake, mummy. And, and I don't make them watch it because I'm not that cruel a mother. And, um, and what I like about It's a Wonderful Life is... You know, no matter how insignificant you think you are, how small you are in your life, what that film teaches you is everybody can make a difference. And sometimes you just don't know what difference you can make. So, of course, in the film, um, It's Wonderful Life, the guy gets his wish where the world is like it would have been had he not been born. And it's just, whoa. And then you got Back to the Future. It's not a dissimilar story, is it, where um, Marty McFly goes back and he, he gets the better of the bully that had given his father a hard time. And because this bully was taken out by Michael J. Fox, his dad, his young dad, who, of course, didn't know that the guy that had taken out the bully was... Um, was uh, his really his son actually had a completely different life because that one person that one bully had made him so cowed and afraid that he didn't make much of his life but once that bully was out the way and mr mcfly was able to flourish thanks to his son that he didn't know he had um so it's, it's amazing isn't it when you think about it you know if you ever think about um what the world would be like without you. And, you know, we've all had rotten days where you think, oh, my God, I wish I, I, wish I wasn't here. But, you know, most of the time, uh, the, the vast majority of the time, when you're feeling really rubbish, you just have to think back to a time when someone said to you, do you know what, you really made my day, or thank you so much for that. And you just have to think, you know, that person, what sort of day would they have had without you? And you might have just set them off on another little path, mightn't you? I'm getting all philosophical. I don't know why that is. Anyway, back to the future. <laughs> Sorry, I do I do get on my little soapbox from time to time. But I've had some really interesting things happen to me in my life. I've been around the block a few. And I've often found that, um, you know, just things just happen, don't they, that you just don't expect. And they're usually for the best. They're usually for the best. Even the horrible things that happen are generally for the best. And, um, yeah. So back to the future. Here's poor Martin McFly stuck in, stuck in the past. And Doc has got to try and get him back to the future. I love the name of the, the soundtrack orchestra for this because this, this is Alan Silvestri's music, isn't it? But it's the Outer Time Orchestra. What a great name. <laughs>
Oh, wonderful stuff. He gets back home in time, doesn't he? <laughs> Gotta love that film, Back to the Future. Alan Silvestri. We'll be hearing more from Alan um, in the Christmas shows that I'll be doing because he wrote quite a lot of Christmas um, film music as well, didn't he? So uh, he, won't, he won't be hearing the last of him for a while. So I haven't told you how to get in touch because I was having a bit of a wobbly moment earlier on playing all my spooky music. <laughs> Some more coming up soon. Um, but you can you can get in touch if you like. Uh, and please do. Studio at SidValleyRadio.co.uk on, on your email. I'll say that again. Studio at SidValleyRadio.co.uk. You can um, ping me at SidValleyRadio. Text me 07565 and um, let me know what's on your mind this evening or just sit back and enjoy the music. I don't mind either way. So because we are sort of in between uh, Halloween and um, fireworks night, here's Charles Williams's, you'll know this one, Devil's Gallop, otherwise better known probably as the uh, Dick Barton Special Agent. You know the one. You just caught me having a sip of my coffee there. <laughs> well, I've got to do something to keep myself awake. It's been a busy week this week, <laughs> and it's Thursday night. Oh, dear, dear. It doesn't say who the um, the orchestra is there. It just says Charles Williams. Oh, that's okay. We know that he composed it. Maybe he conducted a symph- not symphony orchestra, a studio orchestra as well. Who knows? Anyway, we're like a bit of Dick Bart, special agent, even though I'm far too young to remember it. Some proper symphony music now. And uh, this is the Italian symphony that Mendelssohn wrote, funny enough, when he was in Italy. I bet you never saw that coming, did you? And this is great. So uh, the Berlin Phil are going to play under Herbert von Karajan. I never know to pronounce his name, but I think that's about right. But let's have a listen to this. And this is a fab piece of music. Eight minutes of whoopie doo Okay, I'm going to try that again because what happened there was <laughs> I could say, oh, we've got a technical fault or I could just say what really happened, which was I managed to press the button twice. <laughs> so I'm just going to line up Mendelssohn back again. After having lined up eight, mu- eight, eight minutes of something wonderful for you, I then completely mishit the button. So it wasn't a technical fault. I'll hold my hand up. It was me. Should we try again?
Don't say we don't start the show loud. We most certainly do. And that was fantastic, wasn't it? The lovely, wonderful Italian symphony, symphony number four in A major from Mendelssohn. And talking of doing Christmas things, which I was a minute ago, he wrote a load of carols as well. You'll be hearing some of those next month. You can see I'm already starting to sort of, you know, get going. I did my Christmas puddings last week. I shall be doing my cakes this weekend. I've made six pounds of mincemeat and given a few jars away to friends so that they can make their own mince pies. Oh, I'm so getting into the swing of it. <laughs> and the thing is, I shouldn't really yet because I shouldn't really start talking about Christmas much until after bonfire night. So, uh, but that's only the weekend, isn't it? So I'm sort of flagging it up. And talking of Christmas, no, I shouldn't really. Oh, go on then. Um, Sigmund's Call Society, we've had a bit of a, a wobble this month, uh, this year, because we sadly lost our uh, musical director, our conductor, who is sadly no longer with us. So, um, we are, we've done a rejig of the, um, event. And only yesterday we made the decision to go ahead with a carol concert rather than a sort of choral performance what we're going to do is we're going to bring the the performance forward to four o'clock so that friends family children and everyone can come and it's going to be really accessible what do i mean by that i mean i'm just i'm just a normal girly i think who just likes to sing and um i think some people see choral music as a bit inaccessible a bit elitist and i don't know why that is because i'm just i grew up on liverpool council estate and i've been singing in choir since i was six so um so we're going to try and make it a bit more accessible. It's just going to be, it's going to be, uh, loads and loads of carols, some for just the, uh, quieting and many for the audience to participate in because we might as well get you to do a bit of work as well. And it's going to only be five pounds for adults and anyone 16 and under can come in for nothing. So, um, we're just sort of pulling the last we're trying to sort of put it all together. So hopefully we'll be, we'll be, we'll have a lovely program. We've, we've worked out pretty much what we've got going on. Um, we've got another lovely stand in uh, musical director for, for, for November. Um, and we'll be rehearsing like Billy O until the end of the month. And then our performances at the beginning of December. So hopefully we'll be slick and ready to go. And, um, so in the church, parish church, four o'clock on the 9th of December. So, um, look forward to seeing you there. Do keep your eyeballs peeled on our Facebook page and our um, and our web page and posters around the town, uh, where to get your tickets and and when to turn up. And we would love to see you. Just come and sing your hearts out. All the stuff that you used to like as a kid. We had this vote last night and we had a list of carols. And I said, is, is there any, anybody here that has got is violently opposed to any of these particular carols? And somebody said, away in a manger. And I thought, yeah, I don't like that either. But the simple reason I cannot sing Away in the Manger without crying my eyes out. It's just one of those songs. There's three of them. There's Away in a Manger, Abide with Me, and believe it or not, You'll Never Walk Alone. I cannot sing 
either of those, oh, sorry, any of those three songs without completely losing it. So if you turf up and we're singing away in a manger, I'll, I'll be mouthing it because I can't actually sing it, not without completely sobbing. So, um, is there anything like that that sets you off? I mean, let me know if there is. <laughs> or is it just me that's a bit barking? Well, I think you probably know anyway, don't you? But, uh, but it's strange, isn't it? How certain things get there. And I don't know what it is about away in a manger. I do not know, but it sets me off every single time. Anyway, you know what's coming next because this is a, <laughs> this is the second piece of music that you heard the opening bars to when I was, when I fluffed it a minute ago with, uh, with the, uh, Mandelson. It's the Hungarian dance number one in G major. It's Brahms, of course. A big finish there. <laughs> you wonder how those Hungarians dance as quickly as that, don't you? So um, I've never met anybody Hungarian. And then I met someone today who is half Hungarian and half Romanian. And uh, she was delightful. So, um, yeah, funny that how that piece of music ended in there, despite the fact I mean, having never spoken to a Hungarian before. There she was. Just lovely. So, yeah, the London Symphony Orchestra there under Antal Dorati. What have we got now? Ah, yes, because it is fireworks night. And of course, I'm going to be so boring and predictable. I, of course, going to play something from Handel's Music for the Royal Fireworks, La Réjouissance. 
just do, do my little French thing there. Oh, sorry about that pink. I thought I'd turn my phone off. Obviously not. Someone's obviously desperate to speak to me, but they'll have to wait until 10 o'clock because it's my show. The Academy of St. Martin the Fields, my favourite um, orchestra under the wonderful Sir Neville Mariner. This is lively. wonderful they never mention who the um who the trumpeter is on that but we know that it was one of the chaps or ladies in that wonderful orchestra the academy of st martin the fields but yes the uh, the fireworks marvelous stuff now at the second of our holy trinity and for the uninitiated <laughs> if you're thinking i thought i was re- listening to a classical music program you are and every week we play Beethoven, Bach and Mozart. We've already had our Bach. We don't often have Bach at the beginning of the show, do we? Because it's normally fairly quiet. Normally Beethoven comes up at the front end. But no, no, it was Bach today with his Toccata. That one. And if you missed it, never mind. Because there's lots of other organ. I say lots of, I've got another walloping piece of organ music later. And not too long, actually, looking at my playlist. But here we go, second of our Holy Trinity, and it is Mozart, and he's just great, isn't he? Eine kleine Nachtmusik, and never did German, sadly. It's partially known as the Serenade in G Major, <laughs> but this is, um, I think it's the third movement. No, I'm lying, it's the fourth movement from that, and here we go.
can't beat a bit of Mozart. That was Bruno Walter conducting the Columbia Symphony Orchestra. So what have you thought of the weather? We've got to speak about the weather, don't you, because we're English. And um, I did hear, as uh, later on this afternoon, I had uh, having a chat with some friends and somebody said to me, did you know that somebody's car got swept into the sea today? And I excuse me. <laughs> and apparently somebody parked their four before on the slope at the Port Royal end of the Esplanade. And I'm thinking... Did you not think, sir, that maybe if you parked your car there when you knew there was a storm coming in, that it might just get swept out to sea? And I wonder what your insurance company got to think about that. Oh, dear, 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 dear. So I do hope that there was nobody in said car when it got swept away. But um, it does seem like a strange thing to do when you know there's a storm coming and parking your car literally almost on the beach. But uh, I hope there was nobody hurt with that. But um, a bit of a strange thing to do, I would have said. And uh, I tried to get out of Sidmouth this morning to get over to Tipton. I was trying to get to West Hill, actually. And I was going to drive through Tipton. And, well, we always know with Tipton, one one strong rainfall and the poor the poor children, the school's always flooded, isn't it? That dreadful place to put a school, really. That they're, they're always out, poor little things. So I couldn't get I couldn't get over the bridge. Somebody had parked across the bridge in order to stop people from getting through Tipton because you just couldn't get through it. And so I thought, OK, well, never mind. I've got to go over to Exmouth at half past ten. So I'll go to Exmouth. I couldn't get out of Sidmouth in the other direction. So I thought, you know what? It's time to stay home. Well, not stay home, but I'll just stay in town. So I just plumped myself in front of my desk and beavered away and just did stuff. Obviously rang people and said, do you know what? I'm stuck here. I'll see you next week. <laughs> it was interesting. But that, that's the English weather for you, isn't it? It is November. What on earth do we expect? So I did say that we we're going to have some more spooky-doo music. And this is Sanson, of course, with the Danse Macabre. Thank you. 
There we go. Good grief. Sanson, I believe that when he, that was first, uh, debuted that piece of music, there the, the was a, back in the day, we have a trigger warnings now for everything, don't we? You know, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. Uh, but there was actually, you know, um, they did wonder whether or not to, to debut that piece of music because it might just be a bit too spooky for the audience. Because back in those days, people had a very sort of gentle, genteel sensibility, didn't they? Unlike today, where we're all as hard as nails. Um, well, some of us are. <laughs> it depends on your age, I think. And that was the Philharmonia Orchestra under Charles Dutois. There's a lot of French and German going on today, isn't that good grief? Talking of German, let's play our third Holy Trinity member. We haven't had Beethoven yet, have we? Well, we're about to put that right just now. So this is the most played symphony of Beethoven. It's the number seven. And, uh, well, let's just get on with it, shall we?
Oh, it's a strange ending to that movement, isn't it? You never know whether he's going to go for the big finish or just, just that strange call at the end. Anyway, the Vienna Philharmonic under Carlos Kleiber with Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 7 in A Major, the second movement thereof. So I did uh, signpost this piece of music earlier on the show, and I have to thank one of my regular listeners, David, for this, because um, David's a big fan of organ music. He says, you never hear any organ music anymore. And to be fair, David, it's not my favourite, but then again, you don't like Ludovica Ionaldi, so not you and I can, you know, part company on that one. But just for you, um, because you introduced me to this piece, and you did point it out to me earlier on the summer, and I said, oh, no, I've put it in the show for uh, roundabout, Halloween because it does sound pretty spooky and in fact it is the Sweet Gothic or Gothic it will be pronounced isn't it the Sweet Gothic from Boelman and William Whitvicker that amazing exponent of the organ is going to play that for us it's a Takata so it's it's it is pretty spooky see what you think.
Well, how spooky was that? <laughs> so well done, David, for picking a great piece of music for Halloween. And uh, as I, I might throw you a bone another time, do some more organ music. It's not my favourite, I've got to say, but I know that you love it. And you do listen to my show every week, and so that's very nice. And if you listen to my show every week and you've got a request that you'd like me to play for you, then by all means... Text me at the show 07565 or email the studio, studio at sibvalleyradio.co.uk. You haven't got to do it right now because um, if you're busy cooking the tea or sitting with your feet up you know, with a glass of something interesting in your hand, then the next time you're sort of online, you can just say, oh, by the way, Denise, and once the, once the message comes in here, I'll get, I'll get it eventually. So, um, so, uh, so please do if you feel like saying, oh, can you just, can you play that for me? Then I'll do that. So after that, that sort of, you know, it was sort of spine chilling, wasn't it? So I thought I've got to have to put something fairly light on after that just to lighten the mood a bit because, you know, I think we've had enough of um, spooky stuff. Having said that, I think I might have life and death later. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'll see if I can fit it in. Anyway, before we get to that, this is a great piece of music. I, it's only a tiny little piece. It's only a couple of minutes. But I love this one. It's William Boyce and his um, symphony in number four in F major. And it's the gavotte from that. And what I like about this is, you know, it's just so, it's so English. It is so English. I just love it. And, uh, well, you've heard me play it before if you are a regular listener. If you haven't, this is just going to lighten the mood ever so slightly. love that little piece of music and I, I very nearly made that my uh, theme tune <laughs> it's just so English and the, the the orchestra was called the English Concert not the English Concert Orchestra just the English Concert conducted by the lovely Trevor Pinnock and uh, as I say it was either that or Dick's Maggot or the Queen of Sheba well really <laughs> 
if you're going to call yourself anything, it might as well be the Queen of Sheba. Not that I've got delusions of grandeur or anything. Um, in fact, I have no delusions at all, really. <laughs> oh, now the boss has popped in and he's just popped back out again, which means I can, you know, I've been talking about Christmas all night. <laughs> so should I apologise? No. <laughs> I'm not, but the boss isn't here to sort of glare at me, but I've got a piece of music now, which is a Christmas piece of music, but not because it's from that wonderful ballet, The Nutcracker by Tchaikovsky. <laughs> and this is one of those pieces where I say, you know, it was so good that Flash used it for an advert because uh, people say to me, oh, I don't like classical music, Denise. And I go, yeah, 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 you do. You just, you just don't know you're hearing it. And uh, I do get on my little soapbox about that. So here we go. Uh, this piece of music that was used by Flash. <laughs> in order to sell their lovely floor cleaning product. But of course, it's a beautiful waltz from the Nutcracker. Put back the carpet, get your frocks on, let's dance.
Oh, I sang along with the last couple of chords of that piece of music, especially with... Da, 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 da. Anyway, so that was the Waltz of the Flowers and the boss had just come back in and we won't tell him that it was from the Nutcracker and therefore a Christmas thing. Oh, I've just slipped out there, sorry. Herb, Herbert Beisel, the Bond classic classical philharmonic orchestra and the boss has just given me my marching orders but you know what he's going to have to prize me out because I'm going to super glue myself to the table mm. what was that was that good <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. I don't know so it's pretty it's pretty interesting weather isn't it but it is November it is England and the clocks went back didn't they on Saturday so oh sorry Sunday night Saturday night, Sunday night whatever it was early hours of Sunday morning should we be should we be precise two o'clock-ish and, uh, and of course, it gets dark at about, I don't know, half past four, five o'clock now. And um, I like it dark early, as I'm off, I often say. I know not everybody does. So I've got a bit of sunshine for you in my show this evening. For, you, for those of you that aren't super duper keen on it getting dark early. I've got Terega's Macuerdos um, de la Alhambra. My mouth isn't working tonight. Can I borrow somebody else's? Um and it's interesting this because quite often these days I try and find something a bit different. And this is normally a piece for solo guitar, isn't it? But I found this version of um, the Recuerdos and it's by two Korean guitarists, Kui Park and Park Yu Won. And it's really lovely because it starts off OK. And you think, oh, yeah, this is the same as what you normally get um, with Terega. But then it sort of develops out a bit. So, you know, it's two guitars and it's really very interesting. I'll have your opinion. See what you think. Thank you. 
we're still going. Sorry, I didn't mean to crash the last chord. My apologies to Kui Park and Park Yuan, who were the two guitars there playing the Francisco Tarrega's Recuerdos de la Alhambra. So a bit of sunshine for you in November. The boss had just looked at me as if saying, uh, listen to her speak in Spanish. A uh, bit of romance now. So if you're with your, um, your significant other, cuddle up. Because we've got a bit of Romeo and Juliet here. And this is quite a sweet little piece. It's Juliet as a young girl. And do you remember Andre Previn? Yeah, he's the guy conducting the London Symphony Orchestra on this one. Thank you. 
There we go. Andre Previn. And you might have heard the boss sniggering in the background when I announced Andre's name because, of course, Eric Morecambe used to call him Mr. Preview, which was very, the boss is still laughing. And we're laughing about something else at the moment um, because I don't know if you ever read um, the Daily Telegraph. I, I, I do. Um, giving away all sorts of things, my age, my politics and everything else. But there's been a bit of a canter on the letters page. And I have to say, the letters page for me is the best page in the paper. And because the Telegraph also do a book every year now, they've done it for like 13, 14 years of unpublished letters to the Telegraph. And when I tell you they are absolutely hilarious, I kid you not. Anyway, there's been a canter over the last week or so. It started off about handwriting and how people are losing the ability to do it because whatever. And then people have sort of taken that and run with it. and over the last couple of days has been this this little litany of letters about, you know, um, handwriting that they've come across. And some of it's quite poignant about people that come across their mum's handwriting in a recipe book or something. But then we've had this canter about letters from and to boarding schools. Now, I never went to boarding school because I went to uh, a Liverpool comp, but, you know, even so. So um, a guy called, uh, sorry, a lady called uh, Christina Pymont wrote in <laughs> and said... Um, uh, this reminds me of a handwritten letter sent to my parents by my 10-year-old brother from prep school, which went something like this. Dear M and D, I hope you are well because I am. M, it is your birthday. If you go upstairs to my room on my bedside table, you will find an old yellow comb, which I don't want anymore. That is your present. Love, Charles. <laughs> you can't love that. And this other one. So, um, Lynn Pearson writes, our son's first letter written from prep school to home went thus. They told me I had to write a letter home. This is it. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny. And then finally, um, Alistair Ripper from locally here, actually from Exeter, Devon. Alistair, if you're listening, um, not only have you been published in the Telegraph, you've got a mention on my show, but, um, Many years ago, while at boarding school, I received two memorable letters from my father. The first one read, why don't you write and give me a chance not to reply? <laughs> and the second went, I don't wish to be overly inquisitive, but you're still alive. <laughs> so me and Bob are going to laugh about that. I'm just having just a little giggles of our own about handwritten stuff. Anyway. Um, if you want a bit of a giggle, do check out The Telegraph this week and go and have a look at their letters page because it is very funny over the last few days about handwritten stuff. And if you've got, if you want something funny to put in someone's Christmas stocking, I can absolutely recommend the Daily Telegraph's unpublished letters. I get one every year. I used to get them for the boys, but I hate to say it, I've kept them all myself. <laughs> I'll have to buy my own. I'll have to persuade Richard to put, to buy me one for me stocking this year. Or I'll get my own. I don't care. It, they are a really funny read and they're a really good reflection of, um, cause they, they publish them in, in time for Christmas, obviously, cause people use them, uh, for Christmas presents those books but uh, it's a really good uh, retrospective on the year and you get people that are absolutely pinking incensed about what's going on and of course with a couple of months or a few months um, perspective it looks very very funny or it can look even worse either which way it's always a good read because it's just people like you and me just venting and there's nothing wrong with a bit of a vent is there Anyway, we just had, uh, I'll get back to something serious now because the boss is looking at me to say, stop talking and get on with the music, Denise. Jeez, well, yeah, get on, yeah. So, um, so we just had Romeo and Juliet there from Prokofiev. And of course, uh, Bernstein wrote West Side Story, which is effectively the same story, isn't it? 
And again, this is me doing the let's have the piece of music from that, that you're familiar with, but done a different way. So this is Maria by Bernstein, obviously, from West Side Story, and it's arranged for oboe. That's just sublime, isn't it? Mark Summerbell, what a lovely name. Mark Summerbell was conducting Symphonia Australis and Diana Doherty was on the oboe. And that's a lovely rendition of Maria. So lovely. I think there's been a few of them now, hasn't there? Because didn't Joshua Bell do um, Bernstein with the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields? I'm pretty sure he did and obviously did that piece on violin. Beautiful. And I think uh, Daniel Hopeson on violin as well. But I do like the oboe. It does sound like a voice, doesn't it? Just gorgeous. So, but a Debussy now, and um, I do like my heart music. I have to say, and I think this for this time of the evening when it's getting a bit late and it's dark and you're hunkering down and you're just sort of maybe getting a bit tired and thinking, oh, I've been thinking of going to bed in an hour or so. This is just gorgeous, gorgeous. Xavier de Maistre is playing the Passepied from the Sweet Burger Mask. Thank you. 
crashed the last chord again then so just just a, just a little bit of uh, a tinkle at the end didn't he where uh, I could have tripped myself up but no that was gorgeous wasn't it Xavier de Maestro there with some Debussy I don't know how on earth they do that when you look at um, a harp it's just a piano isn't it a naked piano on its side you think how who on earth a thought that was a good idea and aren't we glad that they did or did the did, did the harp come first and they put it on its side and then struck the strings with a hammer who knows I'm sure somebody does but um, sometimes I just like to imagine. I could look it up on the internet and no doubt it will be there. But sometimes I just like my little brain to just do its own sweet thing because sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Got some more English music now. And um, we've got the wonderful, <laughs> we've got that, that, my favourite again, the Academy of St. Martin the Fields under St. Neville Marin. This is This was just because, by the by, I didn't specifically look for them, but they do, they do like their English music, don't they? And this is a bit of Tomlinson, The Banks of Green Willow. Just gorgeous. Not Tomlinson, I lie. Butterworth. My apologies. Butterworth.
Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Banks of Green Willow. And uh, it just conjures up, doesn't it, scenes of the English countryside with the the willow. You see, you see them directly on riversides with the with the willow just trailing in the water and uh, people languishing on boats. So a bit more spring and summertime feel about it, really. A bit like our Charega a bit earlier. So it's not all dark and doom, is it, in, in, in the... Uh, well, not in the bleak midwinter yet, not by a long way, but we are getting there. And that's OK, because we like the seasons. And we need them. And it, it allows all our lovely vegetation to have a bit of a kip before it all sort of springs forth again next year. A bit more English stuff now. Gerald Finzi. And um glad the boss has gone now. He's left me all alone. I can do what I like. And this is his number three from his number of five bag of towels. And this is called Carol, which is not Carol as in the person, but as in a Carol. But, you know, it's, it's Carol just means a bell ring, doesn't it? Really? So it's a bit like that. Anyway, so Richard Stoltzman and the Guildhall String Ensemble are going to play this for us. Just lovely. That's just so beautiful. I like all of Finzi's bag of towels, but I think that's probably my favourite. Don't often do much in the way of opera on this show, but because um, I just like the tunes rather than the tunes with words, but the, the occasional bit slips in. And whenever I play this piece, it's only a little one. I do say everybody knows the words. You'll know what I mean when you hear it. Thank you. 
I told you you'd know the words. <laughs> the humming chorus, of course, from Madam Butterfly by Puccini, the Slovak Philharmonic Chorus and the Slovak Philharmonic Orchestra were playing there for us. And in a minute, it's going to tell you who the conductor was, but I'll have to wait until it scrolls across my screen. I should have written it down. My apologies. I was otherwise engaged doing something else. Um, Alexander somebody. Alexander, Alexander uh, Rabbery. Oh, I've never heard of him. Rabbery. R-A-H-B-A-R-I. So, Alexander, thank you for that. And we are now down to our last piece of music. So it remains for me to say thank you for listening this evening. I hope you will join me again next Thursday for Happy Classics. We're going to play it with um, John Barry. We always know him. You can always tell a John Barry theme. This is the beyondness of things. And I hope it won't be beyond you to join me again next Thursday, 8 till 10 for Happy Classics. Good night.